And now I've got Simon Cowell, MBE, on the phone. Good afternoon, Simon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you very much for taking time to talk to me on Brooklyn's radio today. That's a pleasure. I wanted to ask you, I've, I, you sent me a bit of information about yourself and it, it sounds completely amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. I would like to know, uh, where did your interest in wildlife conservation come from? First this of all? in itself is a five-hour answer, but I will try to abbreviate for about 15 seconds. Was at school, always wanted to be a vet. Far too academically challenged, wasn't a vet. My, all my family farm. So I went to work on the farm. We're going to go to agriculture college. Missed all that. Went into the city for 23 years, which I absolutely hated, sadly. But oh, it gave me the wherewithal to go back into wildlife and work with animals, which is what I've always wanted to do. Oh, well, that's brilliant. And tell me a little bit about wildlife aid. <clears throat> it's got too big. <laughs> um, it was started as a hobby, really. Nothing much more than that. So I could work with animals. Um, and it just grew and grew and grew. It's now been going for 34 years. We have 300 volunteers and only wow. four, four paid members of staff. So it's, it's, a, it's a very surreal world working with wildlife. Yes, I, I read here it says you deal with around about 20,000 wildlife emergencies every year. About that. And I think the biggest thing for me now, as, as sad as it makes me, having been very lucky and travelled all over the world with Wildlife SOS for 16 years, seeing different wildlife situations all over the world, um, it all comes down to mankind. Nearly every uh, incident you see involving a wild animal is directly or indirectly due to mankind. So it's got to be education that really takes off now because we, we are losing it. I don't think we've treated this world at all well, and that's a subject you don't want to get me on too much. But we've got to inspire the children. It's no good just telling them to read a book or do sure. this or do that. You've got to inspire them to get a passion for wildlife. Yeah, I always thought uh, Gerald Durrell and my family and other animals. I remember reading that book when I was very young, and that sort of inspired me to get interested in conservation and wildlife. I must have read that about a hundred times, I think. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? So what's your plan for um, sort of rolling out an education programme? Well, we've got uh, the WAF Education website, Wildlife Aid Education website, which uh, gives not only uh, all the curriculum necessities for primary schools, but there's lots of games for kids to do. There's lots of things for parents to do with their children. So that we're beginning to roll out. And we do have, which is still under wraps at the moment, a new plan, but we're probably hopefully a week away from being able to talk about it, which will take wildlife care into our local community and let people come and actually see wildlife in action, as it were, really. That's amazing. That sounds like a really good move. But it's top to secret. You can't it's tell anyone secret. about that yet. That's all right. There's nobody listening anyway, good. so your secret's oh, safe with me. That's fine. <laughs> it's just you and I together. <laughs> yes, just you and I having a friendly chat. So uh, what are the practicalities, it, practicalities involved with actually running an organisation like yours? Because you say, you know, you set it up 35 years ago. It's got too big. You deal with a huge number of wildlife emergencies every year. But t take me through a typical day or week at Wildlife well, Aid. Well, that's just it. There is no typical day. There is no typical week. It is, believe it or not, and I mean it, a 24-7 job, 24-7-365. We get calls all sorts of time of day and night. I had a call at quarter past one this morning oh, wow. about somebody had driven past an owl in the road, so we had to deal with that. So it, it is very full-on. Um, it's a lot of fun, but running any charity is incredibly difficult. I mean, you've got to treat a charity like a corporate nowadays. The only difference being, if you run a, a corporation, 
the more business you do theoretically, the more money you make. Now, that's not always the case nowadays. But if you run a charity, the more successful you are, the bigger you get, the more it costs you to run it. So you're starting on a very back foot anyway. Of course, and uh, there are a lot of charities out there these days. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, and if you think of all the giving UK, UK giving has dropped off over the last few years, and I think of all the money given to UK charities, uh, 5% goes to the environment and animals, and I suspect that something like 0.5% is given to wildlife. And if we lose our food chains, if we lose our wildlife, it's us that are going to suffer at the end of the day. So we've got to inspire kids to really pick up the sort of the banner, as it were, or the torch, and go forward to try to help wildlife, because it's all part of what we need. We depend on every other species on this planet. Absolutely. I remember there was the State of Nature report that came out last year that uh, stated that we'd lost a huge number of species over the last 50 years. Yeah, and if we look, uh, trouble is the most, you know, everybody wants to support rhinos or elephants or whatever because they're sexy in inverted commas. Yes. But it's actually all species are vital. And I mean, I think the, the biggest loss we, we've, we've got of anything at the moment are invertebrates. Now, if they go, the things that eat they, them goes, the thing that eats those goes, and so the change just kicks out and it, and it disappears. I think it's a horrendous thought. It's scary, to be honest. Yes, no, I know. Um, somebody was talking to me about bees the other day. I mean, if we don't have bees that can't pollinate, then what happens? Absolutely. Well, in China now, they're even sending children out into the fields to pollinate trees with sort of paintbrushes. I mean, it's absurd. Wow, okay. It is absurd. Yeah, but, is. well, I'm supposed to be talking about this because my secretary left me a huge, great note. We've got to talk about volunteers. Absolutely. Now, without volunteers, wildlife aid wouldn't work. I can be as passionate as you like. I can believe in what I do. But no one person can ever do it all. And we have 300 volunteers. We do three shifts a day. We work from 9 until 1, 1 until 6, and 6 until 10. Wow. That's seven days a week. Um, and we like people to come if they can regularly, not, not lots of times a week, but if they can just do one shift every week and they can pick their shifts, um, that would really help us because it, it's so full on. You've no idea what it's like in this place. And we have 10 people on each shift minimum every, every single day of the week. Wow. Do you have, uh, just interesting to find out, are there particular species that you get a lot of? do you find no it's, it's pretty much a, a mix of all british wildlife to be honest obviously garden birds uh, heavily predated on by cats i mean i think there's sort of 55 million birds are killed by cats every year so mm. i think we should pull all cats teeth out only joking only joking <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think we get everything in obviously the bigger more dangerous animals we always say to members of the public don't touch just ring a wildlife center because you know you shouldn't be handling a fully grown deer you shouldn't be handling a very angry badger because they can take sort of parts of your body off quite easily um so we are there for the public who sort of bring things in in into us and they bring them in day and night to be honest Yes, I didn't realise you were sort of open at night time, but I guess if you come across an injured animal at night, what, what are you going to do? Phone you. Sadly, ring me, and I don't, don't get a lot of sleep, but never mind. No, not good at all. If people want to find out more about your organisation, how can they do that? Um, we've got a website, which is www.wildlifeaid.org.uk. Uh, we've got a massive, uh, we're just beginning to crack the social media game at the moment. We've got a YouTube channel called The Wildlife Aid TV, where we put up our rescues and our releases and exciting things. And actually, we were even very excited in the last week because we've had our first video really go viral. It's had w- over 1,700,000. Wow, and what's that of? 
that was a that was a wish you hadn't asked me that i wish i hadn't mentioned that it was <laughs> a a signet i was a, a rescuing a signet from a fence and the cob rightly so because it was uh, very defensive as its baby and beat seven buckets of you know what out of me oh. as i was rescuing the signet but Ow. swans are pussy cats they're fine right okay take your word for it they're fine. <laughs> I, well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job, and um, do we do you, our best. Basically, you, I mean, we, we, we can, you know, if everybody just did one little thing, if everybody just picked up one piece of litter a day, if everybody, you know, just did something to help wildlife. We had a hedgehog in the other day that had somehow got itself into elastic band. A hedgehog had grown, and the elastic band had cut right through into the body and in through its oh, windpipe. No, I mean, horrible. it's just it's silly little things which you think can't hurt wildlife. Do. Yes, I know. Um, actually, I do some work with the Clandon Wood Natural Burial, and uh, we re- we introduced two pairs of your hedgehogs on our, on the location down there just a few weeks ago. They're cool. I mean, I love hedgehogs. We usually overwinter over over a hundred hedgehogs, which which aren't big enough to survive. And believe it or not, those hundred hedgehogs will eat their way through fifteen thousand cans of dog food over the winter. Oh my word! Which is pretty scary. That's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hedgehogs are, are, are perhaps are the flag waver for all wildlife because, you know, in the 1950s, there were 30 million hedgehogs in the UK. Now we're down to a million. And by 2025, it is a very likely possibility that we're going to have urban extinction. I don't think we'll get countrywide extinction, but we'll have urban extinction of the hedgehog. Now, that is incredibly sad. It is incredibly sad. It, can you say why that is mainly? Or? It's, it's, it's man again, sadly. It might sure. be, you know, you fill your cart with antifreeze, you drop a couple of drops on the floor, a hedgehog comes and licks it up because it's sweet, and it will kill it, and it will also kill your pet, so you should be very careful of that. I mean, there's so many things. I could go on and on for hours, and I promise you, you will be snoring by the time I finish. I don't think so. It's a fascinating subject. Well, Simon Cowell, I thank you so much for your time. I will come along and uh, have a look round and a walk and a talk round with you to find out a little bit more about what you're doing. Just try to get your listeners fundraising for us. It's all about the money, because the more money Absolutely. we have, the more wildlife we can help. Yeah, I think. And do you give ideas and things on your website? Yeah, all ideas, really. Just about anything. But, I mean, if you've got a specific idea, ring us. We'll talk you through it. We'll try to help you as much as we can. But uh, if everybody in the UK just gave one pound to Wildlife Aid, I'd be a very happy man. Absolutely. Well, continue the good work. It's fantastic to have people like you around that are really helping wildlife and conservation. People Uh, say I'm trying and other people say I'm very trying. But never mind. (laughs) No, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Simon Cowell. All right, Danny, take care. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. And that was Simon Cowell, MBE from Wildlife Aid.